construction tech companies do take longer, at least now. I don't expect this to be forever, but I'm seeing companies that are four or five years that are only at the round day, and they're phenomenal companies. They're just having a very hard time penetrating a very traditional industry. I would say that usually when I look at companies and age of how long the company's been around and hasn't been able to grow is a big red flag for me. But specifically in the construction industry, I don't see it that way. Um, I do think that they, I just think that the it's the market dynamic and the life cycle of closing a deal for these companies that takes a while. Welcome to the Bricks and Bytes podcast. I'm Owen Drury, and together with my co-host Martin Pekash, we'll be interviewing the people involved with transforming the construction and property industries through the latest and most innovative technologies. Construction technology is an industry that is experiencing rapid investment growth. In 2021, over four billion US dollars was raised by contact firms, compared with just over two billion dollars in the previous year, almost double. On today's episode, we speak about the construction tech market, investment opportunity, and what a VC might look for before deciding to invest. All the way from Israel, Eliyahu Rappaport, CEO of Global Construction Tech, joins us to discuss his insights and experience. If you enjoy this episode of the Bricks and Bytes podcast, please check us out on your favorite podcast platform. You are listening to Bricks and Bytes podcast, where we take you on a journey in construction, technology, and business. All right, let's get this episode started. Looking at your LinkedIn profile and and based on some discussions we have and some of the content you post, it seems you, you're in, invested in a few things, mostly construction technology-based. Uh, what is it? Can you tell us a bit more about what you do? Yeah, I'd love to. So I'm really focused on innovating the construction industry, which basically means, you know, like kind of streamlining the process of, let's say, startups or technology, getting more application and more implementation in, in I would say, the traditional construction that we're doing today. So basically what I'm doing all day is I'm just really passionate about the construction industry and the technology in it. So I'm just looking at a lot of technology. I'm reaching out to a lot of construction companies to get their feedback, understand their needs. And then hopefully when I kind of have both the technologies and the companies aligned, I look at distributing the products that I see the most need and and demand for. So that's what I'm doing all day. And I mean, because of this, I would say, focus on this industry, I kind of broaden the scope of what I'm willing to do within the industry. So I'll really work with anybody who has the same goal as me, which is, you know, the the emphasis on innovating the industry. So it means I work with VCs and accelerators and innovation programs and venture arms of construction companies and the startups themselves. So it, it's a lot, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of work, but they're all focused on one goal, innovating the industry. By any means possible. Yeah, I think, you know what it is. It's, it's just when I started getting involved, I started getting involved more from an investor perspective. And then while I was looking at very attractive investment opportunities, I couldn't help but, but feel some um, hesitation because that the growth of construction technology, like say construction tech startups versus almost any other vertical, the construction sector, the, the technology sector is so much slower. It's just so much slower. The growth patterns are 
are much slower. Companies four years in are doing what, and let's say fintech companies are raising in uh, like equivalent and after first year of being incorporated or being created. So you kind of, I was very hesitant to start investing from, I would say, just a um, a distant, like just just as an investor kind of base relationship where I invest, sit back, wait for my investments to uh, bear fruit. It was, I, I knew that if I wanted to get involved in this space, I had to, it's just a must to get more involved and see that I could help these companies grow faster than what I would say today is pretty much prevalent in the, in the construction tech space. So I really started in like, well, while I was looking at these companies, I said, you know what, these are really good companies. Let's see if I can move them. Let's see if there's companies that I know that I could talk to that would be interested in using them first before I invest. And that's that's how I kind of rolled into global construction tech, more kind of like a hands-on investor approach where I initially start with distribution. Okay. So you're based in UAE, but you travel quite a lot to Israel and the US, right? Yeah. How did you get interested in the construction technology in general? What's the background behind it? I've been involved in the, I'd say just the tech sector in general. I've always, I'm a lawyer in my background and I specialize in corporate and high tech law. Uh, I also worked as a general counsel for a startup that was, for, that is still very focused on the business development in, in Africa and on large projects. And one of the opportunities I got was working closely with other venture capital funds who were interested in in just in investing in they were a fund of funds looking to invest in in different funds that invested in technology and when i had that opportunity i kind of learned about the different strategies and how i would say some of the best investors investors in the world are thinking and looking at the looking at this we'll say very fast growth paced venture capital world and i just really loved uh, their perspective. I started getting involved not specifically with construction companies, but I was also looking at construction uh, technologies as well. I would say around a year, year and a half ago, I, I kind of decided I want to focus purely on construction technology. And it was because of the opportunities that I that I really saw. I mean, I, I see today, it's just, it's one of those industries that are lagging behind. I would say we're a good five, 10 years even behind what I would say other traditional industries, not other industries have already managed to um, to grow and uh, to even implement like the tr- the transformation regarding data driven, being more data driven, being more digitized, using more sophisticated materials. Just the amount of innovation that we're seeing in other industries are the construction industry is so much behind, and that just got me really passionate, and excited about the opportunities in the industry. So I think that's that's kind of what got me to focus more on it. It's not just the opportunities are bigger, the challenges are also bigger. And I uh, I like taking on challenges. <laughs> yeah. Um, one question I had, you just mentioned there's lots of innovation in the space. And it's something I've definitely noticed. There's like so many different companies doing different things that it feels like not all of them are going to probably go as far as like a a big scale-up company would typically go? Like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's a lot of, um, I guess, like reluctance? Because it's certainly something I found from some of the bigger, uh, or like the, the older people within the industry is their, their reluctance to adopt some of this technology. Like, what's your views on that? If I'm understanding the the question, it's, it's really kind of like, what's my view on the reluctance of, well, I'd say construction companies adopting technology? Correct, yeah. 
I think that there's a lot of pushback. Um, and it's not only from the managers and the owners of the construction company, like the bigger construction companies. It's also pretty much down the hierarchy and down the employee chain. There's a lot of hesitation in terms of adopting technology because at least at this point, it's a lot of the technologies tend to be disruptive of processes and practices and I would just say, yeah, methodologies that are already being successfully applied today. And it takes a major leap of faith um, uh, from companies to, I don't know, not, not abandon, but even complement or even try investing in something new that might in some sort of way risk their, their current methodologies, the current things that are actually working for them. I would say that there's another challenge, which is also that in general, what technology does, it brings in a lot of transparency into um, into the construction process, which is also not something that everyone's excited about. A lot of people make money from the lack of transparency in the industry. <laughs> yeah, that's that? very true. <laughs> but let's say the transparency thing wasn't an issue. I think uh, a big one is things are working. You know, innovation and doing and basically adopting technology isn't about always replacing things that are broken. It's about improving things or amplifying something that works well into working in a fantastic or phenomenal way. And that, and that takes a lot of courage and vision and leadership to do, to, to like lead and pioneer in a path that, that also includes testing new things, being experimental, being willing to test boundaries and being willing to, to do things in a way that, that brings does bring risk to to the business, but also brings tremendous upside. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you look at the company, what sort of factors help you decide if you want to invest in this or not? And maybe if you can if you can tell us about a recent example that that would show that how did you decide to invest into the business? The main things that I really look for, I would say, are three. One. I only work with companies that already have a proof of concept, that have a product that are being used and have already a lot of proof that they work well. Um, And pretty much the reason why is for me is I want my strategies to distribute first and then invest. That's number one. Is that making revenue or or profitable or, or just literally proof that there is a need for this? Yeah, I know it doesn't have to be profitable yet. It just needs to be substantial evidence that there's a need for it Mm -hmm. um, and that the product works. So they're not just a theory. It's not just a presentation um, or a prototype. It's something that works. It's something that companies are using and that they have a good, I'd say, proof of concept. Another thing that I look for is I'm looking for also other investors in this space. I'm looking at who else is involved. What kind of stakeholders does the company have that are betting on their success in the future? And I'd say the third thing is the people. Mm. I would even say the people are most probably the first thing that I, I really look at, but I would say I don't reach the people until I don't see the first two um, um, criterias. Uh, but the people are definitely the most important. I look for people that I believe have tremendous value that they could uh, bring to the table. And they're kind of, usually if it's founders, they complement each other. They're very visionary. They don't take no for an answer. They're super driven. They have a very good, their vision is something that I think aligns with the industry, especially the construction tech space. It's not very attractive at first to get in. I mean, if whoever's looking at the, the, I'd say the crazy 
um, uh, founders that get into the space and are willing to kind of venture into the construction industry are ones that they usually cannot afford to have a get rich quick mindset because the industry just doesn't, that's not what it's doing. It's a get rich slow, but then <laughs> capture significant market share and get, uh-huh. and then at some point, a tipping point, God willing to just tap into the unbelievable, like, I mean, construction industry, you know, being able to tap into a $12 trillion market, you know, uh, yeah. you have like you, so today, like you're looking for people who are resilient, that they have that, that courage regarding investments in a specific company. I'm actually right now, I'm currently still in the process of deploying, um, a few investments and I, I will love to talk with you guys in, uh, on another podcast in which I'll share with you guys how successful they are <laughs> well, after the deployment. But at, at this point, at this point, I can't really talk about them. But but I mean, that's cool. We're looking forward to it for sure. You, so you mentioned um, team as being like a huge uh, determinant factor of success, but and specifically in construction technology, is there is there anything else? Like, is it the idea maybe? Is it a network? Is it how quick you can get like your idea rolled out onto a project? Do you think there's anything else that is worth mentioning that could be like a big deciding factor for success? I would say that something that's important to me, and I think it should be important for other investors in this space, is what kind of strategic value are you bringing to the table? Because like I shared from day one, me getting involved in the industry, I really started getting involved once I kind of figured out what would be the right strategy to, to be able to ensure that my investments are successful. And for me, the only way to do that is actually being able to help a company grow, actually being able to make not only an introduction, but giving, making sure a company gets a chance and opportunity to succeed within a construction project. And I think that that's like investors in the space getting involved I would say, yes, there is. I mean, at the end of the day, there are some opportunities to just invest and sit back because you're investing with other lead investors who have that strategic value that they bring. But as an investor, I think that it would be make a lot more sense for people to get involved in companies. They think that they could help or believe they could help and, and also getting their hands a little bit dirty in terms of getting there, asking, what can I do for you? And then really pushing to help that the companies they invest in. Um, and I would say, obviously, the ideas are, are super important and ideas important. But I take it as a given. If there's a very strong proof of concept, it proves to me that the idea is good enough. And I don't, I as much as I learn and try learning every single day more and more, I still stay humble and saying, I don't know what the best ideas always are for the industry. And mm-hmm. if you prove that your idea is amazing, then then I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll join you for the ride. Yeah, sounds good. So in terms of your research, you said that uh, one of the things that you look into, so there's a proof of, proof of concepts of the product and people. How do you do your research to find the uh, companies or people or the products that you think that might succeed in the future? How do you research your potential startups you are to work on? So I do a few things. One is I sit down and just do it, which is, uh, <laughs> it's, I don't, I know it doesn't give too much information, but it's just sitting down and, and working. Um, <laughs> and I, I, sometimes I do this till past midnight. Um, um, but one of the, that's the hardest part, right? Hard work is also a way. Yeah. <laughs> Hard work. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was like, that's the first thing. First thing is sit down and do it. The, the second is I approach it kind of strategically. 
the way I look at it is, again, I'm looking for, um, uh, for companies that have proof of concepts. Okay, so for example, I don't only look for companies that have already proven their concept. I try getting involved in startups way prior to that stage. So I hopefully I can identify something that's really good and be part of that proof of concept stage. Although I don't focus on them until that point, but I'll do everything in my ability to help them reach a stage that I could also get involved. Um, and in general, my, my approach is I also I reach out to companies all the time. I would say that kind of my part of my research methodology is also getting in touch and plugging myself into institutions like universities and accelerators that might contain um, uh, construction technology startups. And that way I get kind of, I'd say, like very early start on, in terms of my, my knowledge of what companies could be good and what companies are good. Um, as well as I also have a, the broader strategy is also looking at other accelerators that have already been proven to create really good companies in the construction uh, in the construction space. So following some great accelerators in the space, and there are many of them. And I would also say, I will also always read. I'm reading. I'm reading all the time news about the industry, about who's mm-hmm. who's doing what and how they're doing things and and what would be interesting. And so kind of, I, I guess like my, my research methodology really starts off with, with sitting down, reading, looking online for almost any magazines or anything that reads, talks about technology, looking at the innovation hubs, the accelerators, the investors in the space, reaching out to universities, reaching out to um, uh, other institutions that might be working with early on entrepreneurs. Um, and then, than just saying, hey, guys, I'm around. Let me know if there's anything interesting. Let me help if I can. And that's kind of what I do. Mm-hmm. When you say help, like what would be the first thing that you like say to these companies that you could help them with? My first thing is listening. I think a lot of companies, the initial challenge is <laughs> creating a, a um, um, product market fit and just listening to them. And instead of me, um, I'd say just creating a, just like rambling off, just kind of understand what, what they're trying to do and then share with them insights that I'm hearing from other leaders in the, in the industry, from actual construction companies. So that might either kind of shut them down or not. I don't have any intention of telling someone no or yes, but just giving them actual raw feedback that I'm getting from the industry. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is also very important is because I'm doing so much research, I tell them, hey, guys, you know, one, two, three, four, five are trying to do something similar. How are you being different or what kind of added value you want to bring? Or maybe there will be benefit in you guys talking to each other. And um, and that's kind of, I share with them my market research. And finally, also, I'm always going to put, if someone reaches out to me, I'm more than happy to put them in touch with other experts in the space that might have in value, added value. So some might say, we're really trying to, um, they're really trying to deal with a certain challenge that I know either another founder dealt with or another or another expert from the industry that I talked to was really interested in hearing about or learning about and I'll and I'll put them in touch and and then I'll also obviously I mean investors are very important players in the in the space. So if I see a company that's ripe for a good investment, I'm always happy to introduce them to a friend or mm-hmm. introduce them to someone. If it's not my stage, if they're already have a strong proof of concept then I would look to invest in them and maybe bring a few co-investors with me. Sounds exciting. It is. I love it. I love what I'm doing. So it's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> For sure. What kind of red flags you notice sometimes when talking to founders or early stage tech businesses in construction that you are aware and you just avoid them? 
I'll start by saying what I don't think is necessarily a red flag in the industry, but people do think that it is, which is a lot of times the age of the company. Like a lot of times I'll say this construction tech companies do take longer, at least now. I don't expect this to be forever, but I'm seeing companies that are four or five years that are only at the round day and they're phenomenal companies. They're just having a very hard time um, um, penetrating a very traditional industry. I would say that usually when I look at companies and age of how long the company has been around and hasn't been able to grow is a big red flag for me. But specifically in the in construction industry, I don't see it that way. Um, I do think that they, I just think that the it's the market dynamic and the life cycle of closing a, a deal for these companies that takes a while. So that that's just one thing I'll say aside. Aside that is bad founders. That's a big red flag. People are cocky. They don't listen. Um, they're not interested in listening. They have, they know everything already. I mean, and they're just, they're just cocky. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, <laughs> it's a pretty easy thing to identify. By the way, it doesn't mean that all cocky founders don't end up succeeding. A lot of them do. Mm-hmm. But, um, but for me, it's a red flag because as an investor, my value that I could bring them is going to be very low. Second, I, I don't want to deal with people that I don't like dealing with. And yeah, and thirdly, they'll most probably not pay attention to red flags that they'll need to pay attention on the way to. And, and that, that could just mean risk. That even if they're successful, at some point they might fail. So I think that that's one thing. The founding team is most probably, it's not only cockiness. There's a whole bunch of different things. People also are in a dispute. They're arguing all the time. They're not getting along. Don't think that there's a lot of potential for a company that, that that's not aligned within to grow significantly. Also, companies I think are do not have a good go-to-market approach. They're either targeting too small of, a, I would say, uh, of a market. It could be like a very niche issue, or it could be just a very geographic area that they're based in. There's also different, I mean, I could go on about this for a long time, but there's, it just kind of depends on the solution also that they're looking and that, that it's in, but also that, that, that you could actually see the company is also proving themselves that they're growing, that they're committing efforts, that they're not burning money, but that they're being very calculated and thought out and they're working with the right people the list could go on. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we probably could speak about it for a few hours, but we haven't got that long. So still, great answers. Um, You touched upon geographical location, actually. And obviously, you are, well, clues in the name, Global Construction Tech, but also you love traveling, as we touched upon earlier. Is there a, uh, should we say, regional or area or country in the world that you think has the most potential or excites you the most? I'll say there's, it depends for what, but I would say for me, my greatest excitement is the Middle East. UAE and the GCC in general are just such phenomenal markets for this area of um, innovation. They're phenomenal because they're building so much. They're also, they have a yearn for innovation. Doesn't mean that they've already managed to um, really adopt technology on a, on a high level, but they, they're actually, there is a keen interest in it. They need a lot of, I mean, the market needs a lot of encouragement to be willing to actually dabble and not only want to dabble, but actually dabble with the technology and they're building tremendously. If you're looking at Neom, there's just like so much, um, uh, so much building that's going to be coming up. I think they, they announced, uh, 
$500 billion right now of projects in Saudi. And uh, the UAE also, it's, they're just building, they're building tremendously. They have, I was reading about it, they need to build another 500,000 units to um, uh, re- residential space, like apartments and stuff for, for the people that they're expecting to move into. Uh, the UAE. And just think about, there's so much projects that are actually going on. Um, So in terms of a market that I'm very excited about, that I really believe in, the UAE and the GCC is phenomenal. And that's where I focus actually most, a lot of my energy on, on this market. And I'm hoping to be one of those pioneers who managed to, um, uh, to play a role in the innovation of uh, pretty much a lot of the construction companies in in the region um and the other hand is the u.s uh, the u.s is undoubtedly the best place for any startup to raise money we are in a very volatile market right now market like in financial markets and we're not sure exactly what direction everything's going to go even though most of the cues are saying it's going down <laughs> but um you know but we could we as optimists um uh, will say still i would the, the i'd say the market the the place that knows to invest in value startups um, at their highest potential is most probably the U.S. And mm-hmm. so I do work a lot with the U.S. as well. And also, they're, they tend to be relatively good early adopters. So the U.S. is also a good place for companies to get their trial and error out, which, by the way, is not so true for the, for the GCC. It's very difficult for a very early stage startup to get initial pilots in, in the GCC, not I'm saying it can't happen, it happens, but it's very, very difficult. So I would say, yeah, the U.S. is a very, also, it's, it's a huge market that uh, anyone innovating in the construction tech space should not ignore and should really be thinking about. And I also work a lot with the U.S. What about Europe? Do you notice any activity happening in Europe? Or Because uh, my impression is that because of the industry being like very old and Europe is very slow in adopting new things, uh, partially because of, I guess, European Union and the whole way how this is structured so it doesn't capture the innovation that quickly. But is there anything happening in there or or rather not? So I'll tell you, for me, first of all, I have more experience with the US and the UAE and the GCC. That's that's my I have more experience in these areas than I have in Europe. But Europe is such an interesting um you know, I'm I just I have my limited perspective on it, but I, when I see Europe, I do think that they actually the adopt technology. I do think that there is adoption of technology. I also think the, the European construction companies tend to be the biggest in the world. The issue with Europe is a bit, it's a very, fra- it's a fragmented marketplace mm. in terms of language, in terms of, there are a few barriers for a company to just grow across Europe relatively quickly. And I think that's why I'll give you an example. There is a tendency for a lot of technologies, um, a lot of construction technology companies to be very localized or geographic mm. in Europe, like the UK. You have a lot of companies that just cater to the UK. And they're more than happy to do that because the UK seems to be a big enough market for them to make good money and and just be happy. And they're not after that pursuit of being a, a hectorcorn, a $10 billion company. They're mm-hmm. after the pursuit of just making a few good million dollars a year. And that's good for them. For an investor like me, that does it's not what really excites me um, that much. I'm looking for a company that I could invest in and, and 10x 
10 X hundred X my money. Like that's, that's kind of like where I'd love to be, you know, that's, that's my ambition. So it's a little hard for me to really say if Europe, Europe tends to, what I'm, my impression is that Europe's actually been really relatively good at adopting futuristic, um, uh, standards like the, the latest BIM standards are usually applied in in, in in the UK first. I think Germany, France, they have some great technologies there. They just tend to be very localized. Mm. And for foreign tech companies to get into these markets seems to be that they have relatively a lot more barriers than what other than to other markets that actually share like you know like the the GCC shares Arabic. Okay, there's variations, but they share Arabic. They they also share most of them speak English at a mm-hmm. a very high level. And um and the US, if you get into one state, you can easily go and then uh replicate into other states and the regulations seem to be are, are usually very similar. And so I, I think that the UA the, the Europe has they do advance and there's some phenomenal technologies I'm seeing out of Europe. But it just, for me, it's a more complicated market. Yeah, sure. I don't know what the other countries are like uh, that you have experience in, Eliyahu, but Europe as well, there's lots of different cultures within the continent. I, I don't know if that sells through for the others, but that's how it is. One thing in one country is like completely rude in another country and, and vice versa. And also, if you look at the, the way the buildings are constructed, it's completely different country to country. Mm-hmm. Like UK construction is completely different than I'm in Greece now. So it's, it's, everything is completely different due to climate and you know, water ingress and all of this risk mitigation. So that's probably also is, uh, an issue. Whereas, in, I guess, in the US or maybe in UAE, uh, the, the way they construct buildings is more similar across the country, which allows them to scale this solution. And you might be quite fragmented just because of this fact. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Very much agree. Yeah. What are the biggest trends and maybe stuff that you're personally looking at right now as in trends, but also as more of a uh, collective industry? I would say the trends, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different types of trends depending on what, what vertical within the construction industry we're looking at. But I would say there's a lot of trends in terms of improving the design and leading us from kind of creating a lot more digitalization within the entire, I'll say, design planning process, um, which gives a lot of tools for, for much smarter and more sophisticated plan and design of of basically construction projects. Um, and that's very exciting. And, but I would say the thing that I would think is, is something that's a trend that I actually really like and very important is the pursuit of more data in construction projects. A lot more information is being like pretty much if it's sensors on, on, uh, if it's from the beginning and making, uh, the, creating more sophisticated models, you know, BIM models and creating more sophisticated ways of, of kind of, we'll say, monitoring, controlling, compliance, quality checks of, of what's actually going on and being able to peer live or not even live, but just create very smart data analytics about the progress of the construction, the scheduling of it. Those are things that I find very, very exciting um, because it will improve, tremendously improve our ability to, to build more efficiently in the future. I'm um, also material engineering. I find it really exciting, and I'm seeing it in a lot of different in a lot of different ways. If it's coatings that uh, for buildings that are interesting, if, if it's replacing um, uh, certain 
concrete or other construction materials or creating smarter methodologies of like composed of of more um, of greener or more environment friendly materials I, I see that as very exciting and another trend is also robotics that I'm finding also it's really important there's shortages in labor yeah. in the construction industry and so robotics are very exciting 3d printing is also like I mean that's kind of it's a it's a shoot off of robotics or making things um, uh, and and then it's really sophisticated the the materials we that could be printed today and it allows so much more versatility in in how we're building and how we're constructing and uh so i'm seeing there, there's a lot there's a i lot. mean <laughs> i could talk about this for a while but i i just find these things really really exciting i really want i i believe that in 10 years time the industry is going to be working in a very much more futuristic way of a lot more robotics and a lot more um uh, data driven and data efficient way and Hopefully, my part of why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I love the impact uh, that construction te- technology could have on the world. We could really reduce the cost of buildings significantly. We could cut costs of what it costs to build a project up really by, I'd say, at least fifty percent, and then also, and then we could also cut the time for execution to so much quicker. So, anyways, I'm th- these are things that really excite me also because. A large part because of the impact we could have on people and then their ability to find shelter and have a home, but also on the environment and just having a better world. Sounds good. So speaking about uh, constructions having, construction having impact on the world, we have to touch on uh, ESG, which is environmental, social and governance. So construction is obviously one of the most polluting industries. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this uh, in terms of investing in startups And do investors speak about ESG mandates when they invest, or is it something yet to come? I'll tell you what, almost every technology in the construction space is contributing to the ESG, because at the end of the day, almost every technology's goal is to, if you're planning smarter, you're making less errors, which is going to reduce the amount of emissions that a project has significantly. If you're um, implementing robotics, you're also reducing a lot of um, unnecessary labor um, involved, which also is, is a big cost, but also usually it's more efficient with materials because the robot works in a very consistent manner and usually applies only the amount of material it needs to. So, I mean, across the board, almost anything in the construction industry, which is, by the way, what's also a bit exciting, is automatically going to improve tremendously the um, uh, the emissions and um, um, uh, that industry creates, which is really significant. I think... Uh, And then also in, in a more, I'd say, broader perspective, it's not only about the construction project itself and the building itself, but it's also how we create more sustainable environments for the long term in terms of maintenance, because the majority of emissions, I think it's like something like 24%, what I saw in the, some reports, is just the electricity or the energy mm. that the buildings consume after we're ending up building them. And, you know, so how we build like building, starting off, I'm looking at, looking at technologies across the board. Definitely. I would say it's a very important factor that you want to be looking at is how are you as a company contributing, not only to the efficiency or sustainability of the ongoing project, but also in the long term of what the solution is bringing. And I think as an investor, there's a few reasons for it. Not only because, you know, I'm, I'm this value oriented and like really 
you know, driven by the impact and some millennial that's like, uh, you know, that, that, that loves the world and wants to make the world a better place. But also from a financial standpoint, I think there's a lot of governments that are putting in place incentives for companies to adopt environmental friendly or um, uh, ESG um, friendly um, solutions. There's also even financial incentives to be driving and standing behind companies that actually do do a lot to reduce the costs, but also the uh, environmental impact. Um, so someone is, is not experienced in venture capital and is interested in investing in early stage prop tech slash contact businesses, how would they start thinking about doing it? In general, investing in venture is um, uh, in startups is, a, is, is pretty tricky. I mean, there's a lot of common sense involved. And I'm just saying there's no financial advice on this podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely no financial <laughs> advice. But I would say is that first of all, dabbling, start looking into it, do research. I'd say look at least at 100 companies before you choose one to invest in. Also, I mean, there's so much great content out there of really people who are so much more experienced than me, so much smarter than me that that actually could, you know, share their take on on why and how they invest. And and, and I would not want to uh, spoil their experience of learning and just getting uh, getting that information from the source. If, if like uh, in terms of investing specifically in construction and prop tech. I would say there's an additional layer of of learning that needs to be done about this space. Try understanding not only, definitely, first, always, never take face value from a founder about an issue or a challenge in the market. Always try to go to the end consumer and ask them questions regarding a company that you're interested in investing in. I think that's like one of the most important things. Um, and also try going in with other investors who are more knowledgeable, have also experience. Another thing, a tip that I like a lot and I and I implement it as well, is try getting involved with the company, a company that you really like, you've done research, you've looked at it. Try just getting involved in, a, in that company that you think that you'd like to invest in. Um, just say, be willing to do things for free for them. Ask them if there's anything you could do to be helpful. Get in touch, get friendly. Just get on a, put on a value, like, value-oriented hat of what you could do to, to, to kind of be helpful, get on good terms with the founders, and then try investing, um, especially if it's early stage, more so. If it's a later stage company, um, it's a little harder to do it, but definitely talk to construction companies and understand what, uh, how they're perceiving the need and, and what they think about it. And most people have some relative who works in the industry. Um, so you could start there. Are there any platforms that people can like invest on or it doesn't exist in this industry yet. Like, you know, you've put property in the UK, for example, you've got the, I think it is called crowdfunding.co.uk or something like that. And you can basically crowdfund your uh, real estate project. Yeah. So is there something similar in terms of investing in, in businesses in construction? I'll tell you what, first of all, there are a bunch of uh, crowdfunding platforms that are broad. They, they allow investments in a lot of portfolio companies of theirs. And especially, and they have maybe a construction company that you could choose to, to invest in. Um, and usually will even some of them will even start with like $10,000. Um, so it's a very easy way for people to dabble. In, an, in a venture investment, it's not only construction company. These, some of these funds do it 
on a much broader scale, but you could choose companies that you want to be more invested in, and they do that. Um, there's also companies like AngelList that allow also they have different funds or rolling funds that allow to get invested in in particular areas of um, startups. And I think over there, there I don't know because I haven't really looked into it, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure that they'll have some startups in the uh, some construction technology micro like prop tech micro funds prop tech is more prevalent than construction but uh, so there are a few options I wouldn't also want to say a specific thing that not financial advice <laughs> so I don't want to get into that into that rabbit hole but uh but for sure there's a few there are a bunch of companies that uh, and then funds and options to do those kind of investments. I'll give an example. Me, myself, I also, I don't really take money from, from random people. I do have like a close group of people that also look to invest and uh, co-invest with me. Um, but I'm sure there's other few, I would recommend someone at that stage who's really interested to even look up people who um, uh, they know that are investing and maybe join them on an investment. And then that way, kind of putting in a smaller ticket to get involved or if it's really early stage, also reach out to the companies themselves. A lot of times they'd be willing to take some sort of a relatively early on investor for seed, pre-seed funding. And sometimes it's a friend and family round and you might have just start getting a little bit um, involved. That's what I would say. But there are, there, are, there are like a few platforms, I would say, that are broadly right for the, the tech uh, industry. But I don't, I'm not familiar that much with, uh, with someone who's doing it particularly for for construction technology. Yeah. Is there any, um, Eliyahu, is there any, um, anything you wanted to say or discuss before we, before we, uh, shut this thing down? First of all, I love it. Thank you guys for inviting me on. I appreciate also the opportunity to talk to you guys. I'll say one of the things that really drew, um, uh, kind of drove me to, to get on and talk to you guys is just my belief that it's so important to, for anyone involved in this industry to really create dialogue and talk and share ideas and insights. And the construction industry has such big hurdles in their path that I don't think it's, it's not a one company job. It's, it's multiple companies that are, that are all share a mission in uh, really creating a more fruitile environment for innovation within, uh, within the industry I guess part of what it is is first of all, I'm happy to share. I'm happy I was able to to kind of share with you guys my some of my insights. I'm always inviting people to anyone who wants to is always welcome to reach out to me on my LinkedIn or reach out to me um, uh, through the, the company page. And I, I would say a word of encouragement to to the corporate venture arms out there, like open up, let people reach out to you, be open to speaking, share that information. Construction companies, don't be so, I mean, I'm not saying this, I'm not criticizing, just like encouraging, be open to getting calls from random people like me who want to kind of help you guys and also talk about the challenges you have and share some of those challenges with, with the founders, with the people who are innovating so they could create better products for you. I'm, I'm, uh, the you is meant to a construction company. And I guess also for founders, feel free to reach out, talk, dialogue, just, just bring up the different challenges you guys are also facing in your growth so that more people could understand what they are and be helpful for you. And uh, I guess investors, yeah, bring, get, get 
be willing to roll up your sleeve, help your companies, help the people that you're invested in, just be good people. And uh, I guess that's kind of maybe my, uh, I don't know. These are things that I wrap up with, <laughs> no, you know, it's, but uh, <laughs> it's a great wrap up. I mean, uh, you've done the job for us. So <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I think on that note, yeah, we, we can hit stop. And uh, yeah, thank you very much, Aliaho, for your time. Um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Oh, and Martin, you guys are awesome. It's such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Bricks and Bytes podcast. If you are enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you in the next episode.